Hello and welcome to The Last Mixtape Reviews, a new monthly podcast here at The Last Mixtape where I talk about some of the albums I've been reviewing over the last four weeks and talk to the artists involved. On this episode, I'll be reviewing the debut self-titled album by For Those I Love and the debut album from New Pagans, as well as talking to vocalist Lindsay McDougall about the album's recording and inspirations. But first off, let's talk about the debut album from For Those I Love. So I suppose when we're talking about For Those I Love, I don't think there's any need for me to tell you that this is a great or a good album. I think you already know that. It's already been reviewed by myself, by others. It's been lauded. It's without a doubt going to be on many album of the year lists by the end of the year, if not at the top, in and around that area, nominations, everything. Also, it's been quite successful outside of Ireland with reviews from NME being glittering as well. So instead of talking to you about that it's good we're going to talk to you about why it's good what makes it connect with us as listeners and what makes us connect with this album over other albums in the same genre for me i think it comes down to experiences i think great art gives us the license to live experiences different from our own through a prism of lasting sounds that call to us and visuals that captivate us in this way for those i love is a shout that compels us to understand communicate and listen a piece wherein the artist in question confronts his reality, his life, his love, his griefs into a soundscape that bestows us with that license. And I think that's the key to this album. It's about talking about experiences, about giving voice to experiences that we may not as listeners have experienced ourselves. And I think that's the really interesting about any art form is that it conveys to us a world or a life or a community are a way of thinking that we may not be exposed to generally in our lives. Whether or not it be Denise Chyla, Pillow Queens or Gemma Dunleavy, artists in Ireland at this moment and within the scene at this moment, we're getting to listen to voices and understand and experience through the medium of their art, their lives and their outlook. That's incredibly important. The medium of music compels us, I believe, as listeners or just as people to listen harder, to listen closer. Music is something that it's almost like a delivery system for ideas and for thoughts. They don't have to be overly complex. They don't have to be political. They don't have to be social. Sometimes that thought or that process can be heartbreak. It can be mental health. It can be, you know, economic, uh, social economic issues. Or it can be grief, such as for those I love. That's the real interest to me about what's happening in the Irish music scene right now is that we're hearing voices that maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, wouldn't have been put at the forefront. I think a lot of that is to do with the bottleneck or the choking point of how music is delivered to us as listeners has changed. You know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, the choking point was a lot narrower. What I mean by a choking point is how do does the music get from the creator, the artist, to us, the audience, the intended audience. And I don't mean industry people. I don't mean radio DJs. I don't mean myself, viewers, or anyone like that. I mean the actual people who come to a gig, pay to go see a gig, pay to go see an artist, and enjoy it and share that music out, because that's what you're looking for. Someone like me, someone like a, a DJ, someone like... We, we, we spend a lot of time listening to music and, and trying to deliver that, but it's really up to the audience to bring that to a new level and really take it out there. So how does it get there? To me, as I said, 10 or 15 years ago, you know, the choking point was radio. 
national radio, hopefully. If you can get on national radio, you can get to a wider audience. Television, if you can get on, you know, there wasn't that many, and there still isn't, apart from other voices, that many shows on Irish television that play that much Irish music. Now, you could say The Late Late Show. I have not watched The Late Late Show in about 20 years, so I have no idea. Sure, maybe people do. I'm sure they do. But after that, then maybe it was Hot Press, the, you know, or the Irish Times or, or, or the Independent reviewing your album was another medium. So you had these three key pillars to get music out to a wider audience. That's completely changed, obviously. In the last 20, maybe 30 years, that's completely changed. Now you have Spotify, you have YouTube, you have all these different mediums in which young people can listen to music. That the wider scope or the wider scale of what's been let through has opened. It's not just about a few people or, you know, a, a group of people, well-meaning, I should say. I'm not saying this as if it's a nefarious thing that their music was being hoarded from people, but we were experiencing or being exposed to music through the filter of other people's taste. That was a choking point, as I said. So now in the last 10 years, five years, whatever you want to say, we're seeing more communities, more people, more diversity in music because those key pillars, while still there, are now being joined by others. I mean, if you're into Spotify or you're, you're making playlists for your friends, like we did when I was a kid, we were making mixtapes, you're sharing music with people. So if you're an artist now and you have something to say and it's part of a community, that can be exposed to the rest of Ireland a lot easier. And, and I mean, when I say Ireland, I actually mean the globe. I've spoken about this before, about how important it is for Ireland, uh, the Irish music scene, to not see itself as this island apart from everything else, but that we're actually part of a global scene. That, you know, Irish artists now are in direct dialogue with artists in America, in, in, in the UK, in, in Africa, in Asia, wherever you want to say, Australia even. And what I mean by direct dialogue, I don't mean they're talking over the phone. I mean, they're making music that influences artists from New York, L.A., London, uh, Liverpool, Paris, wherever. And in turn are being influenced by artists from those places. That's really important. So what does this have to do with for those I love? Well, it, again, it comes back to my talking about having a voice and one that's compelling and one that, you know, gives us the license to experience life through the artist's prism. And this is definitely one of those types of albums. For those I love is a brave album in a lot of ways. It's emotionally brave. It's emotionally raw. There's a fearlessness to how For Those I Love conveys the key themes and moods within this album. I mean, how I have a love has a line in it which says I have a love and it never fades full of plights and gripes like Achilles who love fights like you did right and we did twice I will love you beyond life there's a poetry to how for those I love conveys the music and I think there's a great juxtaposition as well the music can almost feel like an escapism in certain songs birthdays would definitely an example of this where almost the uplifting nature of the beat behind it, which is also kind of surrounded in this kind of grit and augmentation and contortion, delivers this message to us, the listener, that is incredibly important. There's also an underlying theme about it, about the dealing with toxic masculinity. That's incredibly important too. Again, it's, it's, it's coming from first-hand information. It's coming from from For Those I Love to us, the listener, how he has battled with the confines of a society that is struggles with toxic masculinity and struggles with dealing with it and how to kind of basically break down those barriers. Because, you know, as he says, you're taught not to 
feel these emotions at times. You're taught not to to convey them. You're told to be quiet. You're told to go cold, I think, as I believe he says in, in the album. And the wanting to break free from that in the same way that something like from Denise Chyla, like on Shaw, has a way of conveying how she sees the world and how her experience in Ireland has been different to mine or to yours. Or maybe the same. So I think that's one of the one of the key pillars of why this album hits with people. Music, yes, obviously, you know, the beat or a catchiness of a song can be incredibly important. Definitely if you want to get it played on radio, definitely if you want to get it, you know, in, in big playlists, or you just want to convey it out. But there's a sincerity, there's an honesty, and there's a power to the words of For Those I Love that is conveyed definitely throughout the album. And that goes to having a voice that wants to be heard. And music is, a lot of the time, that medium. Like why we have protest songs and why we have songs like For Those I Love is because music is inherently a call out to others. It's sound. We are trying to communicate something with other people like we do when we speak to one another through music. It's just a different medium. And I think that's why this album resonates definitely with me. I grew up in a working class background. I grew up not in Dublin, but in Waterford in similar circumstances. And I think although I've lived part of that experience, there are facets to this album that when I experience it through the prism of the music and through the prism of the language and the wordplay and the delivery, that is compelling to me to listen to. And I take something away from it. I think that's what a lot of people have with this, is that it makes them feel things they didn't know they felt, or it makes them feel empathy for things they didn't know existed. So again, this album, I think, creates a voice that we want to listen to. It's how an artist uses that voice is what draws us in. On this self-titled debut, For Those I Love shouts so the world can hear, and in turn gives us, the listener, the license to view the world through a different perspective. And that's something that lasts and that's something that's great. For Those I Love is a powerful record from a powerful voice, one of many that's coming out in the Irish music scene right now. And I think we should cherish what's happening. I don't want to go on and be cliched. I don't want to do the, you know, it's a golden age for Irish music, punching above our weight, must be something in the water, all of this kind of almost apologetic stuff. We are part of a, a, a global dialogue musically, but we're also part of a local and national dialogue with ourselves. There's a lot of stuff that the music that is coming to the forefront now is speaking about that we need to speak about. And that is an important thing in music and is an important thing in art. It's giving us that license to experience a world that may not be our own. So in our next segment, we're going to talk to Lindsay McDougall from New Pagans about the making of and inspiration behind their new album, The Seed, The Vessel, The Roots and All. The album just came out. Like, obviously, it's been a while in the works for you guys. How do you feel mm-hmm. that it's it's out there in the world and people are listening? Yeah, so it came out on Friday, and honestly, all weekend it's been amazing. We're kind of buzzing from it. You know, we've had so many really good reviews. Yeah, nothing, nothing too negative. <laughs> yes, anyway, yeah. and um, yeah, no, we're really like we're really happy. Actually, I think when you when you put out an album, it's so long between getting it all ready 
pressing it, having it sitting there ready to go, and then actually the release day. Yeah. But now it feels like exciting again, so that's really good. You guys are <laughs> powerful. I, I saw you for the first time, I think, at it might have been called Ireland Music Week at that point. Yes. Our oh, hard yes, one class years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was in a workman's club. Uh, the first time mm-hmm. I saw you play and it's, you got a really powerful sound and then I think a year later you kind of came back and it was you see, obviously grown a, you know another step in that time so you must be kind of yeah like you say like kind of waiting at the trap to kind of get out and play these songs yeah well we've been recently in recent months we've been we've been back in the practice room um, mm-hmm. just with uh, we were able to do that just, you know, because we're in a little bubble together now yeah. anyway. Um, at the start, we weren't practicing. And when we got back to, into the room a couple of months ago, it, we were awful. We were like, <laughs> we just, we'd won that award, you know, best live act in Northern oh, Ireland. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we were like, this is a disgrace. If anyone heard us, they'd be like, this is all. <laughs> so anyway, it took us it took us a few weeks to get back, you know, but we're we're there again and we're not losing it. I was like, I'm not going back to that again, you know, yeah. um, because we don't know when this is all going to open up and we just want to be, we're ready now, yeah. right? We're ready. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nothing else is getting in our way. Um, but yeah, it's been a strange time. It really has, as, as everybody knows. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was interesting, like, I remember when I was reviewing the record, um, I think for anyone who read the review and is listening now, I kind of likened it to a, a phrase always like from Tony Wilson, where he, he was talking about Joy Division. And he said the first time he saw them, everyone else wanted to be there. Joy Division fucking had to be there. Mm-hmm. And I, that really came across to me in the lyrics. Um, would it be, I, I don't want to assume, but I'm right in saying that you'd be writing the lyrics as the, as yeah. the vocalist. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like Lily Yates and Christian Boys. Lily Yates, where you, you almost speak to your daughter in, in one of the tracks. Um, how how much did you want to get stuff like that off your chest? And how how cathartic was it for you as a songwriter to, to do so? Yeah, I mean, that song was written before I was... I, had, I, was, I think I might have been pregnant. No, I wasn't even pregnant. So I didn't even know I would ever have a daughter. So, so it was kind of written in like a premonition. Oh, wow. yeah. And our first child was a daughter called oh. Maisie Eliza. Um, but yeah, no. So now every time I sing that, I always think of that. I'm like, how did I know? That's so weird. <laughs> but I think a lot of the time, you know, I, I read a lot now because of the PhD. Mm. Um. Um, and before this, I didn't really because I'm an, I'm a visual artist and I'm very much led by like lo- looking and watching things, you know, and like social comment, like just seeing things. But like since yeah. the PhD, with all the reading that I've done, it's really it's really expanded my mind. And I'm sure anyone that's a reader knows this. You just this whole other world opens up. And I think like for me, I just the lyrics are definitely. Um, this album particularly is is a reflection on all the stuff that I've learned during the PhD and it's probably just me wanting to share little bits and pieces of that information and also it helps me remember them (laughs) remember the things that I don't want to forget so yeah I mean there's a lot of thought goes into it but at the same time there's a certain amount of like unconscious just infiltration of those ideas in the lyrics so I don't sit down and go I'm going to write a song about Lily it's it just kind of happened do you know it's an organic Um, sort of thing yeah I think so I mean maybe there is I know that that is kind of how it happens and then maybe you you realize that there's a theme coming to the surface and then I'll go with it Hmm. but usually it's just the music's given to me Hmm. I go away with it and react to it and then this is what this is the product (laughs) 
And you're trying to match that energy in the music, is it? Yeah. Well, yeah, because I don't really like writing in the room with the others. I don't. Okay. Yeah. I I, I am in the room usually when they're writing, but I'm mm. I don't really enjoy like singing over the top of them or anything. I kind of just let them do it. I'm there, just kind of listening. Mm. But then I go away on my own and come up with some ideas and then I'll present that to them, you know, and like I've recorded it and they'll listen to it and they'll be like, yeah, that's good. So it's, it's a weird little process, but it works for us. So yeah. And yeah. How, how do you do, what does that look like when you're writing a song? Do you just go into a room, put the headphones on and sit with oh, a notepad or do you walk? It's, it's a whole thing. It's yeah. like, and um, lights turn dimmed on, candles, oh, wow. a glass of beer, very relaxed, yeah. completely on my own. It's really good if nobody else is in the house. That's yeah. the best. Yeah. <laughs> That's the kind of headspace. Solitude. Nobody can hear me. <laughs> I can experiment here and be myself. Nobody's going to judge me. Yeah. That, I think it's that, probably. Yeah. And it's interesting to me as well, like you seem to draw a bit from the things around you. If I'm right in saying this, Christian Boys was from an overheard conversation you heard between people or was it from a conversation with a friend who told you? Christian boys is a conversation with a friend, yeah, yeah. close friend, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it was, yeah, she she confided in me about something um, that was really difficult. Um, I don't know all the details, actually. Of course, yeah. Because we had, <laughs> we had a tabloid ring me and asked me for the details. Oh, my God. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my first um, forte. Or for, anyway, yeah. uh, we won't go into any more detail. But, yeah, no, she, this person is a close friend of mine, and she just told me this story about, you know her a relationship she had had with um, a Christian man in Northern Ireland and that she was very hurt by it and but at the end of the day the thing that had upset me most was that she was then blamed for the whole situation mm. um, and I just thought it was really unfair but like I, it says in the song like it wasn't the first time I'd heard that similar story so mm. yeah the song was I, I think I was just angry at the time when I wrote those lyrics and that just all came out it doesn't yeah. even make that much sense <laughs> it just this the words just came out so <laughs> how, how do you mean it doesn't make it like you, you just it was, <clears throat> it's kind of more an abstract I think it's more of an abstract anger really yeah you yeah. know it's not like it doesn't depict the story in any way there's no details about mm. her or them so yeah you know, it, but it's a, but it was, it was born out of that anger that I felt for my friend, you know, but not just that, like in society, just that idea that we blame the victim mm. of a situation. Yeah. Or absolutely. we blame the woman or yeah. we blame the person that's outside of our community yeah. rather than look at our own communities and see what the problems are. So I think it's just a really, it's a commentary on that really. Yeah, and, and very prescient for the times as well, I have to believe, mm. to say. Which I thought the album actually really is. It's one of the, the really strong points of the album that everything is that's being said. So often you can kind of you can hear songs and people say things and you don't know if there's an authenticity to what's being said or behind what's being said. But definitely throughout this album, it, it, there's <coughs> absolute authenticity behind it. Interesting, just to go back on something that you kind of touched on and said that you're a visual artist. Mm. Which I find very interesting because when I saw you guys live a couple of times, um, I obviously do photography with the site, um, the black and white stuff because of the color blindness. But yeah, you you kind of move, you kind of move in a way that's kind of visual. You kind of there's like I think I have a photo of you. You put your hands over your eyes or something like that. So do you put that into your performance? Is there kind of a visual art aspect there? You know what? I think it's from years of going. So my work isn't performance art, but like I would go. Yeah. I spent the first like I spent all my 20s in art galleries art openings and watching yeah. you know performance artists and I yeah. think 
there's probably an element of that where you don't have like you make kind of weird gestures um like because because musicians perform in a different way I think so I think it's I think it's been influenced I've been influenced by performing artists I don't I can't name any but you know what I have thought about this I'm going to actually because I've always kind of been oh I don't really like performance art it's my it's my least (laughs) art but actually I can't say that anymore because I have definitely been influenced by and I can think of the people's performances so they're Mm. so bizarre at the time you're like what is this but I think that is actually what you remember and it's imprinted in your mind so I I must do a little bit more research that maybe will take me to a new place but this is something that I thought about the other day so I would say that it's performance artists actually that I have influenced me the most but also people like you know I watch loads of uh, live performances from Stevie Nicks and oh yeah, yeah you know and one of the best gigs I was ever at was the kills at Electric oh, yeah. Picnic yeah and uh Allison's performance I was like blown away by that and that made me kind of want to be in a band I was like wow yeah and we actually blagged our way backstage and met them <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we did it <laughs> so we just got backstage and met them but yeah. I was like and Allison still was raging she was, I think they were fighting or something and oh, she wow. just standing like this and I was like she's the coolest person I've ever seen <laughs> so, were they really um, nice at least were they uh, yeah, they were lovely yeah, to yeah. us, yeah. not to each other. <laughs> That's it, because I've always wondered about that. When you, when like anytime I see anyone, I include yourselves in this. When I see people who are quite not aggressive on stage, or I don't know if you've ever seen idols play or any mm. bands like that, and that guy is like stomping around and grimacing. I always wonder, like, once they finish the last song and they walk off stage, how do you? He's a dope, though him. <laughs> because Cahar's met him at okay, a festival, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he said he was the loveliest guy ever. And you yeah. get that from his interviews mm, when you, because mm. I think that's the thing: you can be something on stage, and it can, some people are just that person. Yeah, um, yeah, and that's fine. But definitely, it's for me. It's a persona because we're all like, all we do is laugh. Yeah. <laughs> we're really moody looking on stage. Yeah. But we spend the whole like our tour. We just spent the whole time laughing. Like we're like we all think we're comedians, so you know. It's, um, uh, so it's so we're actually full of like fun. But then when we go on stage, we're like, yeah. so we just kind of enjoy that. It's the light and the dark thing, really, isn't it? I think we're a bit of both of those things. That's, um, yeah, it's such an essential yeah. part of it. Yeah. Mm. And so <laughs> let's say let's let's fast forward to a post covid world and mm-hmm. uh, new pagans are playing their first gig back what is the first song from this album that you want to play into a room full of people oh that's harsh <laughs> um, i was gonna say a new song that's not on the album. <laughs> you have a new song that, that, that oh, i've noticed new songs oh, oh, yeah cool. anyway that's a different that'll be the next one um well because covid we wrote loads of songs and um, no right okay what would i sing again I think probably Yellow Room, maybe. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that song. I think it's really, I like the energy in it as well. And that could be a good opener. Yeah, I'll I go believe. With Yellow Room. Was that, the, was that the one that first came out when you announced the album? Was that the one you announced the album with, I believe, or was that It's Darker? <laughs> I can't remember which one. I can't remember either. Yeah. Sorry. But I remember. Um, being, um, no, it probably was Yellow Room. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being really struck by that, that um, just how powerful it is, and just hoping the rest of the album was, you know, like, yeah. no reason it won't be, but you never know. The rest of the album could have been, you know, fillers. Soft, yeah, soft jazz yeah. or something like that. 
Um, <laughs> and on that, you're playing your first gig, playing the first song. Where would you like to play it? Probably start with Belfast and then we'll go to Dublin. And <laughs> <laughs> um, where um, maybe like the Limelight or mm. Voodoo or something, like one of those homegrown venues. Pack to the rafters. Yeah. Everybody in there. Yeah. All the indie kids. Small, but like good. Yeah. And um, yeah, like something like that. Real. I mean, I'm taking it. Everyone's going to have to wear masks and stuff. So, but not me, hopefully. Yeah, that's that'll <laughs> that be a little be bit surreal when you just look uh, at a crowd full of people. Yeah. So that could be weird, but you know, we we it's still better because we did the live stream on Friday, um, which went amazing. But like, we mm. all were so nervous. Um there was nobody in the room except for like lighting people and film crew, but mm. we were really nervous. And afterwards we, we were wondering why, like, why are we so nervous? This yeah, is weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I think it's that energy that you get with the audience and you just kind of feed it off each other. And it's a real collab. I think it's a collaboration and I think it will become more of that actually, as we get back to it. I think the audience are just, I mean, if I was going to a live gig, I would just be at the very front. There'd be none of this cool kid at the back thing anymore, you know? Um, yeah, no, I think that we just really miss playing live. And I think on Friday night, we loved the, the live stream, but we missed the audience, you know? So it's interesting this month that the two albums for those that love new pavements are expressive albums. They're both albums that have something to say verbally and something to say musically. Whilst for those I love uses the music as almost a juxtaposition, there's definitely a more melded, blended and forceful way about New Pagan's record. The music matches the meaning. In my review of this album, I said that Tony Wilson once remarked upon seeing Joy Division live at a Battle of the Bands in 1978 that every other band wanted to be on stage. Joy Division were there because they had no fucking choice. It's a great line. I wonder sometimes whether or not I've misquoted it. I did see it in an interview and I believe I've kind of paraphrased it. But like many of Tony Wilson's things, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful way to convey the scene at that time. The same can be said for the seed, the vessel, the roots and all. It exists because new pagans had to make it. Everything here needs to be expressed. And I think that's the thing that drew me in mostly to this record is that there's a power to it. There's a feeling of frustration, like the Tony Wilson um, quote. There's a feeling that this isn't something that has been done laissez-faire. This isn't something that's let's make a band and let's write songs. You know, often, too often within music, you can have political or social political ideology within music that feels forced. Feels like you know the artist is kind of going through the motions of well, I better write a political song. Well, I better write a, a socially conscious song. Not so with New Pagans. It feels like they have no fucking choice. It feels like these things are, are, are coming out as a kind of cathartic primal scream, that there's, there's an energy to the frustration and there's an energy to the anger behind the album and there's an energy to it that feels like these things need to come out of the band both musically, lyrically and dynamically. That's what really thrust me into the world of this record. I think New Pagans, who have seen, as you heard in the interview, quite a few times live, have an almost rumbling post-punk to them. It, it, it's not derivative of the early 80s or, or, or 90s bands that, that 
go into the post-punk genre or fit in within that within that spectrum there's a forcefulness and an isolation and and an an industrial sense to the record it has a real sense of place one of the standout um, songs on the album lily yates it's interesting that as, as you heard in the interview Lindsay was speaking to her child who had not been born yet, who she as she says in the interview didn't didn't actually know was going to be her daughter. But she was speaking maybe not just to her child, but to young women around Ireland when we want to know what sisters wrote and made. My daughter needs to know that she can do the same. And that's from the Lily Yates track, which, you know, speaks of this kind of erasure of, of women in art and women in expression in, in Ireland. And again, you know, like the For Those I Love, it's about expression. And, and, and it ties in with that idea of voices needing to be heard and voices finally getting the platform to be heard within the Irish music scene. These are important points. These are important parts. You know, Christian boys travels in within the same kind of themes and moods it's a compelling album there's no way that you can passively listen to this record you have to engage with it you have to pay attention i love albums like that i don't like albums that make me feel comfortable i like albums that make me feel uncomfortable and there's there's no point in this album where you feel like you're off the hook even if it's you know songs like charlie has the face of a saint there's always an underlying snarl to it. This is an album that demands nothing less than your complete attention. Where their debut new pagans make a statement of what type of band they are. Do they just want to be here or do they have no fucking choice? I think this album suggests the latter. So, I hope you really enjoyed this. Um, if there's anything about what I've been speaking about on this podcast that you found interesting or anything, please let us know what you thought of the show. Thank you very much. <laughs>